On this edition of Larry the Golf Guy, we have the great good fortune to be joined by the 2023 U.S. Women's Open champion, Allison Corpus, um, who uh, secured that victory at uh, Pebble Beach um, earlier this summer uh, and made that major tournament her first victory on the LPGA Tour. Uh, we talk with Allison about growing up in Hawaii, starting at the um, ripe old age of four, um, and her tremendous junior career in Hawaii, in many ways mirroring the career of uh, Michelle Wee, um, and um, then going on from there to um, being a two-time All-American at USC, and um having a strong rookie year in 2022. And then, of course, um, her U.S. Open win this year in 2023. So we talk about all that and um, in particular spend a lot of time going through that magical Sunday for her at Pebble Beach and what was going through her mind at various points in time during um, that final round. So up next, Allison Corpus on Larry the Golf Guy. Well, welcome to another edition of Larry the Golf Guy, and we have a, a real special one today indeed. I'm thrilled to welcome to the program um, our U.S. Women's Open champion, Allison Corpus. Allison, thank you so much for making time to chat with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Larry. Uh, oh, my pleasure. So maybe just uh, before we get to all the excitement of this year and, and where things are at in your in your great career, just to kind of go back and give folks a little context. So um, I know you grew up uh, on Oahu in Hawaii, I think in the Kapolei section of Oahu. Um, maybe tell folks, uh, our listeners, kind of when you were, when and how you were first introduced to the game of golf. Yeah, so um, I have an older brother. And when, when I was four or five years old, uh, my dad would just take us to the course on the weekends and stuff. Um, we live on a golf course, so just grew up going to the range a lot and, um, yeah, just just hitting some balls and just really enjoyed that. Um, eventually, my dad just signed me up for some junior tournaments and, yeah, just kept playing on a bigger stage, junior golf in Hawaii and then in the mainland um, and then ended up playing college golf at USC um, and, yeah, now stay, have stayed in L.A., after graduating from USC. So just to go back, when you were start, so four or five started really young, obviously you were tremendously skilled. Um, as a little kid, uh, you're starting to play. What appealed to you about the game? What did you find? Obviously it did and you made a career out of it, but what, what appealed to you about it? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, just the challenge of it, honestly, just going to the range each time and you know, trying to hit it a little further, getting to the putting green and trying to make putts. Um, I've just always had a lot of fun with the game. Yeah, it is. It is a great game. So um, just to kind of uh, some of the highlights of your obviously a stellar junior career. Um, and, you know, it's funny going back and looking through your career and thinking that, you know, Michelle Wee, you know, uh, another obviously prodigy from Hawaii in golf, you know, about eight, eight and a half years older than you do, you sort of, it, sort of, in some cases, broke her records. You played in the U.S. Women's Amateur Public Links as a 10-year-old. 
2008, that broke her record. You won the 2014 Hawaii State Open, which I think she did. Um, and um, what was it like competing in all those tournaments as a junior for you, especially when you think about how some of these, some of these are junior tournaments. You're obviously a three-time AGGA All-American, um, won the 2016 Hawaii State High School Championship, but some of these are adult sort of tournaments that you're playing in as a much younger uh, person. What was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was, it's always a learning experience, no matter what level you're playing at. Um, my dad just, you know, wanted me competing in the best fields that that I could play in. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, just learning from the older girls and seeing how they play. Um, I mean, and just kind of giving me a stepping stone to look forward at, at what I need to work on. Um, I mean, that, that helped a lot, I think. And just, you know, seeing how they approach the game and yeah, just spending more time, more time around them. Um, I mean, I think just the better, players that you play with the better you'll get so i think that was really important yeah that makes sense um so i mentioned michelle Wee. so she uh you know is winning uh preceded you winning the u.s women's open of course at pinehurst in 2014 so you like i said you're about i think eight and a half years younger than she is what was it like for you growing up in hawaii you're obviously incredibly skilled at golf having all the success and seeing someone like that kind of you know, with the uh, success she had, what kind of influence did that have on you at all watching her? Yeah, I mean, what she's done for Hawaii golf, women's golf, and just the game in general has been huge. And um, I can't thank her enough for the contributions she's made. I mean, she has the Mizuho event now on the LPGA schedule as well. So it's just really awesome to have seen first her playing career and now seeing how she kind of transitions out of golf, um, out of her playing career as well. Um, but she's such a solid golfer and it's just been awesome to kind of have her as a role model and really see how, you know, how she played out on tour. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I actually have never played with her, um, but have met her at this point now. Um, but yeah, just having another, you know, Asian American woman from Hawaii that, that was really successful was definitely inspiring. Cool. Um, so you have all the success in Hawaii um, and uh, uh, and now it's time you, you've alluded to going to USC time for college. Um, I'm sure with the junior career you had, you had lots of, I'm sure, great choices for college. What what made you pick USC? Yeah, um, my dad's actually a double Trojan as well. Ah, um, I see. So I didn't know that. That, was... <laughs> that, that. That's a key thing. I should have figured that. Yes. Yeah, so that was that was one of the main factors. Um, I mean, I was kind of looking for a program that offered both, I think, pretty strong academics as well as a really good golf program. And I mean, they won the national championship in, in 2013. So which was around the time when when I was starting to look at schools. So, yeah, I mean, I think I was looking mainly in California just because that was already far enough away from home for me. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, took took a visit to USC and um, really enjoyed my visit. So ended up verbally committing there. Got it. Um, so let's uh, maybe spend a minute to talk about your your college career. Um, you know, 
continue, obviously, lots of success, two-time All-American. You won as a sophomore, and then I think you didn't win again until you won twice in your final season um, in 2021. Um, can you maybe talk about kind of how you kind of feel, looking back on it, how you grew and improved as a golfer during your college career? Yeah, so the win in my sophomore year was actually just a one-day stroke play event, and then okay. it it was like that was kind of a qualifier for then it became a match play event after that. Okay. Um. So I mean that was just a good round of golf and just just happened to win that. Um. But I think college helped a lot as far as like course management. Um, just really looking, I guess, at my game and how to translate that to different golf courses. I think that's probably the biggest difference that college golf made for me. Um, that and just having more time to improve. Um, again, just being surrounded by like the best, you know, amateur, best, best college golfers in the country, I think helped. Um, just having the facilities to train and yeah, just having the time to grow a little, little more helps I think and Justin was who's now the women's coach there he was involved when you were there too right I I sort of met him I was out at Bel Air for the women's amateur I think he was I'm remembering right caddying for Amari Avery um and uh who's now a Trojan um and um um so he was he was part of the coaching squad when you were there right yeah so I started playing under uh coach Andrew Gaston and then he became the head coach my junior year of college. Got it. Okay. And um, yeah, and it continues to be a strong team. I mean, Amari Avery, obviously very talented. And, um, uh, and you know, so during your college career, you're also obviously playing in lots of national amateur tournaments. Um, I know, you know, you were runner up, tough match, I think 19 holes to Rachel Keene at the, um, North and South Women's Amateur at Pinehurst, kind of a home home uh, field for her, right? Being Wake Forest and her mom and everything. But um, but then you're on the 2021 Curtis Cup team, and that was quite a squad. I mean, with you, with Rachel Keene, Rachel Heck, Rose Zhang. I mean, what was that like being a member of that team, and and you know, with not only the talent, but you know, to play for your country. Yeah, I mean, I time you have a chance to represent your country um it's it's a really special experience um that was actually my first trip to europe ever oh wow um so going going to wales was just so much fun and yeah like you said we had an awesome team i mean it was fun we won which which always makes it better <laughs> um <laughs> and then i think i i turned pro the week after as well i i kind of waited for that one to be done uh, with my amateur career. So yeah, it was, it was a really special way to cap that off. And you got the Solheim cup coming up. So you're going to have another chance to play for your country. And I think you got roses on that one too. So a little reunion for that. That'll be kind of, you got to be excited about that coming up. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm definitely really excited for Spain. And yeah, we have, we have another great team going. Yeah, that is for sure. You guys with Stacy Lewis, captain, you, you, you guys are stacked. So um, so you're going through college, going through your amateur career. Did you kind of um, always know you wanted to sort of be a pro? I mean, or, or you know, what point along this journey 
you know, you start when you're four or five, you have all this great success as a junior player in Hawaii and, and nationally, and, you know, go to a top flight division one program is successful. Um, kind of at what point did you say, yeah, yeah, this is something I want to be able to do for, you know, for my living for turn pro. Yeah, I think it was it was something that I had thought about for a really long time. I mean, I, I grew up going to the Hawaii event and collecting signatures and watching the girls play play out at Colina. And yeah. um I think it was it was just a big dream for me at that point. And um actually when I was a freshman, there were five seniors on the team. So a lot of them have pursued professional golf and we're going through Q school my first year at USC. So I think just being able to see them go through the process was really helpful. Um, and then, yeah, just, just playing college golf and being able to see how my game stacked up. Um, I mean, I've known Megan Kang for a really long time and she turned pro straight, straight out of high school, but um, yeah, just, just watched her have success out on tour. And it was definitely something that I was interested in. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've always had really great support from my family. So really thankful that I've had the opportunities that I've had. Um, so you mentioned, you know, you, you turned pro right after the Curtis cup. So this is, you know, in fall 2021, you get your card, um, at the Q series, uh, probably around December, I'm guessing of 2021 for the 2022 season. Um, what was that qualifying tournament like? I mean, that's, I, I know I've read in the past, uh, when the men's tour used to, you know, that used to be the only route way before corn ferry. I'm old enough to remember those days and, you know, the pressure people would feel and, um, you know, and it's so many rounds of golf and it's, you know, it's kind of your, if you miss it, you got to wait a long time, you know, ways to sort of try again. And what was, what was that like for you, that qualifying tournament? Yeah. So I know that they've changed the format a bit this year i think q series is only going to be six rounds um, okay but i i actually went to all three stages so stage one was the week before curtis cup so oh, got wow. through stage one um went to curtis cup and then yeah turned pro after um after curtis cup so really was just i mean focused on positioning i think each stage of the tournament you know like top 95 and then I believe top 60 at stage two made it to stage three and um I think a lot of people just say you know it's it's a marathon not a sprint so really just trying to put together solid rounds and make sure that you're not making mistakes and yeah just trying to capitalize on your birdie opportunities when you have them um but I mean there's definitely a lot of pressure there's so many girls playing especially at stage one it's you know 300 plus girls and wow Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. <That's> a lot. <laughs> so, and I mean, th- three golf courses for stage one, two golf courses for stage two, and then three golf courses for, for stage three, eight rounds for the final stage. So, I mean, I think it's nice once you get past stage two, then you kind of know like, Hey, at least worst case scenario, I have absent status for, for the next year. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's hot, right? Stage one is in Palm Springs, actually going on right now at the end of August. And oh my yeah, god, every that's single day, it's a tough time to be playing golf in Palm Springs in the late August. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, I sitting, mean we're sitting here in LA, and I mean, well, I, I am at least, and it's 
it's pretty warm here and I'm a mile from the beach. I mean, it's uh, Palm Springs would be pretty toasty this time of year. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a long journey to to get through it. But um, had my old assistant coach on the bag, Stuart Burke, which was really nice, just really comfortable through through all all of it. So um, so now you're transitioning, uh, going from college to the LPGA tour, um, and uh, I, I I had seen somewhere, and I had not been aware of this before i came across it that you were part of a rookie pod that was set up by the lpga which i was very interested in that so what is that like is that something they do for rookies generally and kind of how does that how does that work and how did you find that yeah i i don't know how long they've been doing it um but basically like they they put every rookie kind of yeah into a pod of maybe four or five other rookies and then you'll have one like veteran tour player and then one LPGA staff member in your group. So that's kind of your pod. And um, so my pod leader was Emma Talley and she's just so sweet. um, So nice. And um, yeah, we just, we just had dinner a few times throughout the season, um, mainly just trying to set up a connection for you to have someone out on tour. I mean, I'm lucky enough that I came out, you know, knowing Megan and having played, played golf with several of the girls, girls out on tour already, but there's definitely girls out here where, you know, they don't really know anyone, they're traveling alone. And, and it's definitely a really helpful thing for us to have. Um, but yeah, just having a staff member that we can, you know, have ask questions, know personally, and yeah, having, having a veteran player that can kind of help us out week in, week out and, you know, just have any questions, just go talk to them. Yeah, that's great. I think that's terrific. The LPGA does that. So um, what generally was was that first year like for you? I mean, you played well. You made 17 to 24 cuts. You had three top 10 finishes. You're very strong 2022, but just kind of I'm interested sort of personally, what was it like for you? That's got to be a transition. You're traveling now all the time. I mean, it's different than college and um I'm just curious what that was like for you. Was there anything that surprised you about it that you weren't expecting? And what was the experience like making that transition for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, my mom did and still does travel with me full time, um, which has made things a lot easier just so that I can really focus on, you know, golfing. Um, yeah. I think what surprised me was just, how friendly everyone is honestly I mean I knew it was competitive and I was just expecting it to be you know just everyone kind of out there for themselves and I mean in a way it is right like you're trying to be everyone out there but everyone is also really really friendly and willing to help and um yeah I mean just have met so many great people over the past year and a half so um yeah just just ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would I mean it's a lot of golf I think I ended up (laughs) <laughs> finishing out the year at I think maybe 24 25 tournaments wow that's um, a lot of golf yeah yeah and then I mean you factor in you know I had to play a U.S. Open qualifier last year and you know a couple of other things like that's about 27 28 weeks on the road um so it's definitely a lot of travel but yeah I just really enjoyed it and still really enjoying it terrific um so Let's sort of turn the calendar to this year um, and uh, talk about 
what's been such a terrific year for you. So I want to sort of start before we get to the excitement at Pebble, um, kind of talk about Chevron a little bit, um, because um, I, I'm interested. I, I remember watching it, watching you, watching the others on, on TV that final day. And I, you know, I, if I'm remembering right, I think you were tied for the lead. After 54 holes, you ended up tying for fourth, you know, with, with um, uh, didn't have a great Sunday. Um, but I'm just curious, particularly now looking back on it, particularly after the success of Pebble, was there anything you could sort of say, hey, you know, there were some lessons I took from that experience? I'm sort of curious how you sort of thought about it and look back on it. Yeah, I'd say um, Chevron for sure was was pretty important. Um, I mean, by the time I got to the US Open, I think that was maybe my fifth or sixth time, you know, really being in contention. Um, I held the 36 hole lead after Pelican last year, but that was shortened to 54. So I did have the lead there going into the final round. Um, and then played pretty well in Singapore as well to start off the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got to Chevron and um, I think just each time you're in that situation, I just, you know, just kind of went out there saying like, hey, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to win yet, but, you know, just go out there and try my best and, and you know, just see what happens and hopefully just just pick up something to learn from for, for the future. Um, and, and it did feel like I did that. Um, I mean, Chevron, I honestly like hadn't felt like I had hit the ball well, kind of the whole week, um, just kind of had gotten away with it. And then just potted really, really well the first three days. Yeah. I think, I think that move to Texas helped a lot. Just Bermuda greens. That's, that's what I grew up, grew up on. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of was getting, getting away with it the first few days. And then, um, yeah, just, just didn't hit the ball very well Sunday again, but, um, no, I think it helped me just, just all of those experience kind of seeing what happens under pressure. Like how do I react? And, and what can I do, I guess, to prevent that from happening again in the future? So, um, yeah, I think I think that was really important. I mean, as much as I wish I won, um, I'm also really, really grateful for the win at Pebble now. Oh, for sure. So let's sort of get to that. And I was thinking about this as um, I was thinking about our conversation today and people who made the U.S. Open their first professional victory in the game. Um Jack Nicholas and Lee Trevino come to mind. Um, so that's pretty good company. Um, and uh, and of course, you know, it's such an iconic location. One thing, and we've actually talked about this with others on the pod, um, the USGA, I think, has really done a great job in terms of the venues they're now finally taking the U.S. Women's Open to. Um, doesn't get any better than Pebble. We're going to be here at Riviera in a couple of years. You know, it's an impressive list, every bit the equal in terms of venues as the men's open as it should be. Um, so it's exciting to have for the first time the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble this year. Um, you're playing well. You start the final round, one stroke off the lead. Um, lots of great players up there. Let's kind of walk through that day and just for listeners. So kind of as you tee off and you're one shot behind, what's kind of your mindset as you're teeing off that day? Yeah, um, I mean, I had talked to my swing coach earlier that morning and, um, 
one one big thing that he had said was, you know, like no one's gonna just give you this US Open. Like you have to go out there and take it. Um and I think I was kind of thinking of that the whole day. I mean, really just trying to like live up to the moment. Um and at the same time, like really just trying to enjoy it. I mean, just just being at Pebble, just even, you know, being in the final pairing. Um it was just really cool. I'm Pebble Pebble Beach is such a special place and that was that was my first time going there so yeah just um Sunday you know um kind of got to the first tee and um you know me and Jay my caddy kind of talked about you know like let's go and have a good Sunday and just just see where it where it ends and and you know apropos of your conversation with the swing coach you did get off to a great start um, and I think you birdied one, you birdied three, hit that wedge on seven. I think you birdied seven. So you've got three birdies in the first seven holes. Fast start. Um, what's your thinking at that point? You walk off the seventh green. Of course, you're going to the famous now stretch of eight, nine, and 10 at Pebble. Um, and you're really playing well. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean hit a really good drive, really good second shot on one, made that birdie. And then actually on two, my second shot ended up in a divot. So hit a really good third shot, but kind of just misjudged it and and bounced it through the green. Um, Had a really difficult chip for birdie there and then got it to about 10 feet. Um, And then when I hit that putt, it actually kind of sat on the lip for a few seconds and fell in. Um. So that fell in and I was just kind of like, man, like this stuff never really happens to me. Like, yeah, it would just, it was kind of like, okay, like today kind of feels good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Birdie three, um, bogeyed four, just didn't, didn't play it very well. And then, yeah, made the birdie on seven. Um, I think at that point it was to to take a one shot lead again. Yeah. I I think that's right. Um, And then yeah, I mean, I think 8 through 13 is honestly like a pretty tough stretch of the course. I mean, 8 and 9 especially. Sure. Um 8 is just such a long approach shot. So really, I mean, the whole day it was just kind of like, you know, make sure you can make pars and then try your best for birdies and um yeah, I mean, played that stretch pretty solid. Bogey 9 um but I think you know, it was still just kind of anyone's game at that point. Um right. And yeah, really just trying to keep myself in it and, you know, just be in the right position and hopefully something would happen on the back nine, which, yeah, made an up and down for par on 11, um, made a good par put on 12, and then, yeah, was able to bury 14 and 15 coming in. Yeah, uh, for sure. And um, let me kind of go in between those two things um, on 13. So, you know, you hit your approach. I think you were what somewhat sixty feet away in a long pot, um, and you get your second warning um, on slow play. And um, you just seemed watching you on TV handled it so well. I mean, it's you know most people were I think looking at that saying, God, you know. I mean, that would, it's already a very pressured situation. You're the back night of Pebble in the U.S. Women's Open. I mean, that's about as pressurized as it gets. And then you've got, you know, you know, a second slow play warning. So you're one slow play time away from a penalty. 
Um, and it's, you know, you're close. I think you were probably two shots ahead of NASA at the time. Um, what's going through your head when you get that warning? I mean, you obviously handled it beautifully. And as you say, birdie 14 and 15. Uh, but um, kind of what was your reaction when you heard that? Because um, And kind of how did you process it? Because as I say, watching it, you handled it beautifully. But I'm curious from your standpoint, what was going through your head and how you thought about that? Yeah, I mean... I know I'm not a slow player. I mean, I got the warning, but what had happened was, you know, we were in the fairway for the second shot, and then I thought the wind kind of died down, so I was ready to hit it. Um, I ended up backing out of the shot, which which took a little extra time for me to then reset and uh, end up hitting the shot. So I knew that was the reason why I got the bad time. And, um, yeah, I was honestly just trying not to think about it too much and just make sure that, I don't get freaked out and I don't, you know, end up rushing because that's, that's something that's happened in the past, you know, like the group in front of you kind of takes off, you get a warning, you get, you get on the clock. And right. um, I've, I've let that get to me in the past. So it was really just telling myself like, Hey, like in this moment, like you really need to be working on slowing things down under pressure. You get quick, make sure, you know, you're keeping everything the same. And as long as, you know, I don't have to back out of another shot again. I'm going to be under time. That's that's kind of what I told myself. Like, make sure that this isn't the reason why I lose, you know? Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hit a really good five iron into the green. I just, that was kind of a gap yardage for me. And, yeah, I was just on the front edge of the green and told myself, you know, two putt here is great. Just, just get it up there close, two putt, and um, – yeah, just, you know, get to the home stretch and see what you can do from there. So, um, yeah, honestly, was just focused on not letting it rattle me and, and did a really good job there. You sure did. I mean, so you're already 14 and then 15. Of course, those greens, you know, are so small and and uh, they're tough targets. Um, smallest probably on tour for the men all year they play, I know. And, and so you have to be precise with your irons and you were in. And 15, of course, has that big slope right to left and back. And you just you had that beautiful iron in and you drew it back. And I don't know, it was probably about 10 feet. So you knocked that in. So you're pretty 14 and 15. What, I, at what point um, did you kind of feel, you know, I think I've got this locked? Um, was it, I, I it may not have been until the 18th. I don't know. But I mean, you know, did you kind of think at some point um, after those birdies that, gee, maybe I've got this locked or kind of what's your mindset at that point? Yeah, I mean, the whole day I didn't really look at leaderboards. Um, I think what I found for me is, you know, I play better just going out there and trying to play my best and just kind of seeing where I end up. Um, there's There's a few situations where I'll look. You know, like if I'm kind of hovering around the cut just to make sure, you know, like, do I need a birdie coming in? Stuff like right. that. But right. um, in general, I think for me, the best is just to kind of know, like, you know, at my best, you know, there's, there's nothing more I can do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know of Charlie's, um, I guess, surge up the leaderboard Sunday. So I haven't right. really right. seen that all day. I just just kind of heard a few cheers ahead of me, but, you know, really couldn't track which group that was for or anything. Um, but I want to say the birdie at 14, um, that put me a few ahead of NASA. And right. I think at that point, um, I wasn't sure that I would win, but I knew that if I 
got it home that it was mine, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so just kind of made the, made the birdie on 14 was just like, Hey, like, you know, as long as you don't mess this up, like it's, you're, you're going to win. For sure. And you, you just, our, again, watching you on TV, you just seem so calm and, and, and you're very 14 and 15. Um, you get up to 18, um, you know, just hit the driver right down the middle. Great drive. Um, what's that feeling like at that point? You must, you know, you know, particularly now you're on land, <laughs> you've gotten off the T okay at 18. Um, and, you know, it's always, you know, people who haven't played Pebble, um, I've only played it uh, twice in my life, but I always felt like that 18th hole, it looks like a ribbon to my eyes when I'm out there. It's, it's not that, I mean, TV always makes things look bigger than it is. It's not that big it looks like i'm hitting to a ribbon um maybe that says something about the way i think about my game but anyway you know you've got the drive out there um you're walking down one of the most you know famous finishing holes in all of golf in the u.s women's open and you know it's yours at that point you've got you know comfortable lead what's going through your mind yeah i mean really just just thinking about how cool it was to be there in that moment i mean like I've I've never seen so many fans, you know, following following my group, and obviously right. everyone's just just collected on eighteen because we're the final group coming in. Right. Um. Yeah. Had hit had just hit a really good drive, and um. Yeah. I kind of knew just you know one more hole, and then and then I win. Um. No, it was pretty surreal and really really special walking down eighteen. I bet. Um. So tremendous victory. Um, it's been, you know, a month or so now. I mean, how's life changed for you since then? Yeah. Um, I mean, just been really busy, I think. <laughs> <Since then. laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm taking a bit of a break after Solheim, which, which I think is, is much needed. Um, but honestly, like not much has changed. I mean, my golf game is the same, right? I just, I just have a win now. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a life changing win, and I think I'll continue to see the effects of it. But um, really, just been focused on, you know, staying the same person, and and yeah, just kind of keep doing things the way that I've been doing them. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, let me sort of get you out of here on this. Just kind of maybe step back a little bit and look at the women's game in general. Um, they're just you know, seems to be a tremendous group of young talent on the LPGA tour these days. Um, and, you know, we talked about the Solheim Cup, which is coming up and, you know, you've got you, Lilia Vu, Andrea Lee, Nellie Corda, Megan Kong, who you mentioned, you're all probably around 25-ish or so. And then you've got some folks right behind you. We mentioned Rose, I mentioned Amari Avery who's not out there yet. Um, and, you know, people like Rachel Keen and Rachel Heck, I'm sure all of whom will be joining you out there on tour in the next couple of years. Um, what do you kind of think about the women's game these days and kind of where do you see it going over the next five years and any challenges you see it? I mean, again, from, you know it a lot better than I do, but from where I sort of sit, it's it seems like it's poised for a lot of great growth, but I'm kind of curious kind of how you see it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's in a great spot right now. Um, I mean, obviously, still a lot of work 
to to be done but um, it's been awesome we've seen elevated purses for the last few years and really just seeing more interest in the game in general um, I mean I think with the NIL changes with yeah. college I think I think you'll see a lot more women staying in college a little longer which which I think is is great um, and yeah, and they also changed uh, Q school as well. I think you need to be a professional to play in stage three now. So there isn't any um, college athletes who will play stage three and then, you know, end up returning to college. So I think that makes the decision a little more final for them. Um, but I think it's great. Um, it's just awesome to just, yeah, have so many new fans, have so many young girls taking up the sport. I think just you know, just watching the game grow has been really awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and having spent the week out at, um, Bel Air when the U S women's amateur was in LA, I mean, there's, there's, um, a lot of talent, uh, you know, that's ready to go on on tour and, and, and join folks like you. So, um, so I agree. What do you, you live in LA. I mean, where you, I know you play a little bit of Brentwood. I mean, where do you sort of, how do you keep your game sharp? Do you, when you're, when you're home, you practice, you play, you do both, you kind of go to different places. I mean, how does that kind of work in terms of what you do to keep sharp? Or is it when you're traveling 28 weeks or whatever it was last year, is it more just, you know, you use your time at home to recharge your batteries and get away from it? I'm just sort of curious kind of how you balance those things. Yeah, a bit of both. Um, I'm out at Brentwood and then Wilshire and then Rolling Hills sometimes as well. Um, but I mean, just try to keep playing when I'm home. Um, I normally take a few days off just to, you know, unpack, run some errands. And then I always try to go to Palm Springs. My swing coach is in Palm Springs. So oh, okay. I'll try to, I'll try to go see him on my off weeks. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, during the season it's really just about kind of maintaining where the game's at and yeah like going going to check in with my coach and and getting back on the road um as far as oxygen go try to play a little more than as since we're not playing you know five or six rounds a week then in the off season I'll, I'll play a lot more but um yeah during season I'll mostly just practice a lot yeah I, I'm sure well, listen, I, I know you're busy. I want to be respectful of, of your time, Allison, but this has been really great chatting with you. And I should say thank you. I know you um, left uh, for a few weeks the U.S. Women's Open Trophy at the shop at Brentwood, which was great to see it live and in person um, and with your name on it. Um, so congratulations on a great year. Um, good luck in Spain with the rest of the team for the Solheim Cup. And thank you so much for making time to chat with us today. Of course, really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Larry. Thank you. Talk to you soon.